Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. This is your host, Kim Hickey. Joining me today, I'm super excited about my guest, my friend and colleague, Mr. Mike Warren. How are you, Mike? I'm doing awesome, Kim. How are you? I am just fantastic and even better that you're going to share some time with me. And uh, Mike is an executive coach and at ATI and literally gets to make people's dreams come true for a living and help them overcome limiting beliefs and roadblocks and challenges and just uh, help people get out of their own way. Help people get out of their own way. It's very inspirational. Mike, Mike also, along with Kevin Myers, runs, we have a devotional group that meets twice a week. That's really just fantastic and kind of neat. It was something that we started during the pandemic and it, it just stuck. One of those things we thought we'd be doing for a week or two. Um, <laughs> three weeks, we thought the pandemic would go right. And so it, it's been gone on. But I'll tell you what, if we could get people to show up for their coaching calls or personal trainers or anything else, the way that they show up twice a week for the devotional group, we, we would be in, in, in good shape. So I really appreciate that you do that for, for us. So it's an awesome, yeah, it is an awesome group. Um, and, and I agree. We, we were looking to fill a need and we really thought that it was just going to go a couple of months, maybe a couple of weeks. And here, here we are. And, here uh, we are. I was thinking about the the live at nine show I do. I think right now I looked the other day. I me personally, not even the book club and the other things we do. I'm at it was like over four hundred episodes or something or so. I would just laugh. I'm like, it's the longest three weeks I ever had. I can I can tell you that. So <laughs> I, I asked Mike to to join yeah. us today, and I'm very grateful and thankful that he said yes to talk about a topic that I think everybody tries to not talk about, and especially during the holidays. And there are wonderful things that happen in the holidays, and very wonderful family memories, and gift giving, and candle lighting, and whatever it is that you celebrate. And we we have a focus on all of that, and we forget about the people that are struggling and having a hard time during the holidays. And it's more than just getting a couple cans of food for the food bank or that they're sad because, you know, a loved one's not around anymore or whatever. There's a lot of problems and many people in our country, I don't even know the stats. I, I probably should look them up and I, I haven't looked at them in a while that are 
suffering from some kind of addiction and whether it's a previous addiction, current addiction, whether it be drug, alcohol, shopping, whatever it is, there, there's no shortage of addictions in a, in our, in our world today. And the holidays is really a time that I think there's a lot of pressure on and people struggling with addiction. It's a much harder time because everybody's, especially if it's a drug or alcohol, everybody's drinking, everybody's whatever, having a good time and toasting and, and all of that. And, and just the pressures of whether it's, you have to get your house ready for the holidays. You have to see family members. Maybe you are not thrilled about seeing, or there's a lot of triggers for people. So Mike, what say you about all this? Well, <laughs> holidays are tough. This is a, this is just a, a, a very, very difficult season. You know, the days are still getting shorter where we've got, Stimulus. Every time you turn the TV on, every time you go out, you got all this image of, you know, this happy event called gift giving, Christmas, whatever. And and the expectation is that um, that this is supposed to be a very happy, joyous time to forget all your troubles. And reality is, a lot of people go into this holiday hot. You know, you take an expression from from pilots. You know, we're coming in, coming in hot here. Um, and, and, and so you come into the holiday and your emotions are running high. You're already anxious. You're already nervous. You're already anticipating. Am I going to make it through these holidays? Um, and so uh, for me personally, December has always, always been a very difficult month. It Christmas was Christmas was not that holiday for me. It was it was a tough holiday. And that was growing up in a family of, of five. I had, Older brother and older sister have older brother and sister, um, but it was just a tough, tough time. And so there's been a lot of things that have happened in December throughout the course of my life that also emphasize the, the pressure and the negative side of the of the the month and the season. And man, um, it's just crazy. And and so you know, there's an author, <laughs> author Anne Lamott. Um, said that that expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And basically what that means is, is that we have all this stimulus of, of it's supposed to be happy, it's supposed to be joyous, it's supposed to be great. And yet when that doesn't happen, what happens out of that? We, we develop these resentments and, wow, life gets out of control very, very quickly then. So... How do we deal with all this stuff, right? It's important to, to know that we can deal with it. And, and how do we do that? So there's such a high expectation on people. I know for in my home growing up, I had a very, I, I come from a Irish Catholic, very boisterous family, as, as I'm sure you can imagine, <laughs> of, of where, and my grandparents owned a bar and, you know, there, there was a lot of drinking in my household growing up, you know, in any family gatherings. And it, it was just crazy. And it, either somebody was on the wagon or they were off the wagon or, you know, the family would take bets of who was going to fall off the wagon and who was going to whatever, lose their cool or go crazy for the holiday or the whatever. And it just, it was so stressful. And even as a child, like 
it was almost like a dread thing of like, oh, we got to go there. Oh, we got to see that person. And oh, they're going to be crazy. And it, it it's <laughs> it's hard to learn to be say no. And, you know, as an adult, you get to remove yourself from situations and say, I'm not going to go there or I'm not going to bring my children there or I'm not going to do whatever. But I think it takes a little bit to get there to understand that there's situations that you don't have to be in and you don't have to feel like you shouldn't feel like you need to be there. And if something is not affecting you positively to just say, Hey, this is great, but (laughs) not for me. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a, you know, it's, it's an awareness kind of a thing. Um, a lot of times it took me, well, you say this, it, it took me a long time to realize that um, I have choices. And, and so what are those choices and how, uh, how do I know what choices I've got? And then, then there's that piece of practicing those choices and putting them actually into play, um, applying them to real life. This, this season is also a season of family, as you mentioned, and, and the family that we came from. I, I refer to that as, as our family of origin. Family of origin are some of the most difficult people to deal with in the world. <laughs> and, it's, it, and, and it shouldn't be that way, but a lot of times it is. And so having a plan, knowing what the triggers are, for this season really is important. There was a time when um, alcohol played a very, very, very large role in my my house, my life, my marriage. And when that stopped, it stopped abruptly. And then it was, oh, well, how do we go to a holiday party? Holiday parties are all about drinking. <laughs> They're all about trying to, you know, one up the next person and, and then dealing with those difficult family members. And so we developed a process where we, we would just say, okay, we're going to have a plan going into this particular party, knowing that there was going to be a lot of alcohol there. And so this was a trigger for us. This was something we wanted to participate in because it was family. And yet we didn't want to, we, we didn't want to go into it the way we always did. We want to do something different. So we would go early, we would visit with everybody, and as the night wore on and everything kept flowing, we just kind of gracefully said our goodbyes and it left early. So we were able to be there, experience the family, have conversations, and then step out before we got to the place of being overwhelmed. So it was a game plan, and it worked. It worked. There's a lot of times we would leave a party and nobody knew we were gone. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is that obligation that that you have to stay and, oh, my gosh, I can't leave early. It'll be rude. But you have to do what, you know, self-preservation is a necessary thing. And you have to be able to know when when to. I mean, oh, my God, I just almost quoted Kenny Rogers. I just, I just almost said no one to fold them. I don't, I don't even listen to Kenny Rogers. How did that happen? You have to know, and you have to know your triggers. You have to know what upsets you and don't subject yourself for any length of time to those things. What are some of the things that you do to, to cope with your triggers when, when, when those things happen? 
First for me is, is making sure that I'm doing everything I can do to um, stay focused on the right stuff. So for me, praying is a very, very, very big part of my life. So, so first is take time to pray, meditate, um, really connect with what you want to accomplish, what, what is a good expectation, what's a bad expectation, what, what, what choices do I have? And, and that's another thing here is to just remember that I have choices. And so praying is really, really big for me. And it's a busy season. Everything is busy. Every place I go, there's so much stuff going on. And so I have to really, really carve out time, make time to, to do this. You mentioned the devotional group earlier. This is something that has just become a, an absolute um, lifeline for, for me. Um, and, so, and so that's part of my process. So that's one thing I do. Next thing is, is know that, know that family member that's your trainer. Know the one that really any conversation at all gets you wound up. We don't have to always engage in every conversation, right? There's because there's there's always that family member. There's always that conversation, politics, <laughs> or, or some family incident, or whatever. And and I would just offer I would just offer up that you know we we don't have to participate in every argument we're invited to. We don't have to do that. We, <laughs> we have a choice. And Family so, sure not to push your buttons though. So it's 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 it, I swear it's like they just on purpose be like, here's gonna set everybody crazy. Let me bring this up. Exactly. And it's not exactly. always the family members, it's their significant others or there's I mean, holy cow. It's that's uh, right. Or it could be extended family. It could be ex- that that extended outlaw from the other side of the family, right? Yeah, I love that, that you don't have to participate in every argument and discussion you're invited to. And, and that's huge because so many times we get ourselves all worked up over something just stupid that we didn't need to even have a conversation about. Right. And, and, yet, and yet, how many times do we stop and think prior to that event that we, we can say no? Right. No is absolutely a complete sentence. And so and so knowing this and thinking about this event before you walk in the door helps to prepare and helps to keep me grounded so that I can watch and observe. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just going to share this for what it's worth. A lot of times we go into an event and we're looking to medicate right away. And so whatever it is that we're using to medicate at that party, be aware of that too. And try to try to really stay focused on awareness and um, being prepared for these conversations and these people and, and save the medicating for when you get back home. And, and, but at the party is not the place to be doing that. So again, it was, it, and, and I just share that. That's something that I learned. I have to be on my guard 100% at these at these events, and again, again, keep in mind this is this is something I'm going. I'm already going into these events with a depleted emotional reserve, right? With a depleted emotional outlook on things, and so it takes a lot of work for me to go into these things and a lot of energy. And when I come back out, and I'm still intact. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm still whole <laughs> and I can breathe and I can sleep good that night. Yeah. It's all worth it. Absolutely all worth it. I, I just want to also mention that, listen, there are people that have wonderful times when they go places and don't have stress. I don't know any of them. I mean, I have a great time with my failure where I go things now as, you know, an adult, but like this is not everybody has the same situation, but there isn't anyone I speak to that there's not one person in the family or one thing that they have to eat their grandmother's fruitcake or whatever that they're like, Oh, I have to go and eat that. That there's like this dread of, of going in. There's so much pressure everywhere to just be this Norman Rockwell perfect thing. And and life is not perfect. Life is not pretty sometimes. Life is messy. And I, you know, I, I read the newsletters. There's still people that send out those Christmas newsletters. And they're like, everything you look at, it, it's like, these people are so perfect. They have to be robot. You know, they have the most perfect job. They have the most perfect children. Their children won every award in the world. They're out saving children in China and creating new yeah. genes and DNA. Yeah. And, you know, it's all this stuff. And I just think, wow, I you guys must be pretty bored because there isn't, like, I, I don't understand what I'm reading because this has not ever been in. One of my best friends since, gosh, we're 13, I think. She was the, the one year was like, I'm sick of these letters. They're crap. There's nobody. I know all these people and this is crap. And she had sent out a Christmas newsletter and, you know, her husband had injured his back and he was being a whiner, you know, and she was having a weight on him hand and foot. She was exhausted and her kid bit somebody at daycare. So they, they were calling him the vampire and he wasn't allowed to go to date. And she put all the like real life stuff in it, you know, and everybody just loved it. We were like, thank goodness. Here's a real family. Here's a real family going into the holidays. Here's whatever, you know, I, I, I read some of those things or you watch the Hallmark commercials and it's like, I feel like I need to have a apron on and heels to serve my dinner. And, Shark! Oh my gosh! Have you seen some of the charcuterie boards people are making? I can't. They're like houses and villages, and who's got time for that? Exactly. Life exactly. is messy. That's our expectation. <laughs> then how in the world are we ever going to meet that? <laughs> Life is messy. Yes. I'm not. I can't make a salami river. I can throw salami. I can cook, but I'll tell you what. Some of those. Things people make, I, I, they have to be, and they're so stressed. I think that's the thing for me that why, like my friends or family that are doing some of those things, they're so stressed to make the, a stupid, perfect charcuterie board or whatever. And I mean, like, they're literally losing sleep over it because they can't get their salami rows perfect. And I'm like, who cares? Just throw the salami on it. I love to see a beautiful charcuterie board, but I'm not losing sleep sure. over it. I'm not. And, I'm not and so, Kim, that's a great, great point, right? So you see that. That's one stimulus of input there. That's one thing that you see that you're going, wow, how do you do that? We know. If we stop and think about it, we know how much time it takes to build one of those things. And my question then becomes, what are you not doing while you're putting so much energy and time into that? Are, are your kids not getting paid attention to? Or is, is your neighbor who just had a loss in their family not being paid attention to, right? But by golly, you got a beautiful salami rose. There's a... But you got that, right. <laughs> Only to be destroyed because somebody's going to come in there and grab a handful. 
<laughs> and, and we're going to have eating contests. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the focus then and the, and the stopping and, ch- and recognizes a choice here to say, oh, that's beautiful. I can appreciate it for what it is. But guess what? I don't have to compete on that level. I don't have to. I have to stay focused on what's important. You know, you just went through, you just lived through um, an experience of a lifetime here. And how many people within a, a five, 10 mile radius of where you live don't have a house to live in this year, right, for Christmas? Yeah. And, and so and so that is crazy. You know, how about, how about you know, there's so many wildfires out in California and out west. Um, how about people that have lost property up there and, and homes and, and or just a loved one um, is not here this year. So stopping, taking a deep breath and and centering yourself on the reality. I, you use that word earlier. There's a real family. I love that. That's the that's the people I want to search out in a party. because <laughs> I can have a great conversation <laughs> with that person and and just staying focused. Another another part of this here is is even even if you're going into this holiday again with the loss of a loved one um, or something really deep and emotional, something really really unusual, like you don't have a house to live in right now. We still have a lot of things we're grateful for, a lot of things. And if you've never made a gratitude list, now's the time to start. Make a gratitude list. If you got one, add to it. Keep it handy. Read it often. Because those are the things that ground us and put us back in focus. Just just even remembering what Christmas is really all about. Why do we celebrate, celebrate Christmas? What are the holidays really all about for you? For me, I celebrate Christmas. And it's about the birth of Jesus. And it's not about all this other stuff that that I think people want me to believe it's about. <laughs> it's not. So again, back to that time of, of meditation, prayer, refocusing on what's important. And, and that helps to strengthen me and helps me to keep my mind straight and helps me to, to deal with, with the stuff. I want to. I want to also make a very clear distinction here. Of there's a difference between spending personal meditation prayer time and isolating. Isolating is deadly, and it will absolutely kill us. We the last thing we want to do in some cases is spend time with people, but spending time with the right people is important. We don't have to engage like we always do, but boy, we got to be around people. So don't isolate. And again, if I'm worried about that charcuterie board, am I not paying attention to the person in my house who is feeling down? And, and is that person getting past me? And, and could, I, could, I, could I spend some time with that individual? Um, and a lot of times they're right under our noses. They're right next to us. Sometimes they live in the neighborhood. Sometimes they're people we work with. Um, so, so there's a difference between isolating and there's a difference between that and, and meditation time and prayer time, but, but that, that alone time is important. Another thing here is, is, is a word that really sparks a lot of curiosity and that is acceptance. 
And, and it usually sparks a lot of conversation and a lot of discussion. It's like, Mike, how can I accept the fact that my loved one isn't here this season this, and, and, and right now? How can I accept the fact that I lost everything in a hurricane or in a fire? Well, accepting it is acknowledging that it happened, acknowledging that is really where I'm at right here, right now. And it's not going to be this way forever. This too shall pass. Now, the, the, the loved one, loved one being gone, that that's permanent, obviously. But how we address that, how we approach that, how we become accepting of that in our lives is very important also. So accepting of where we're at in life. Very big, very important. And and here's one that also drives everybody really, really crazy when I mention it. Can we serve others? Is there is there a place in our busy schedule where we can go to the local food shelter and you know our local shelter and, and serve a meal? Because there's some way we can we can get involved with the community and serve. Is there somebody that we can reach out to and help in our own family without being obnoxious or without being you know drawing a big making a big deal about it? Focusing on others when I'm I'm at my lowest. Is, is one of the most important things that I can do. It's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> it's absolutely the last thing I want to do, but it's the thing that really, one of the things that really, really helps me to take my mind off of my issues, my woes, my problems, and, and helps me to just, to just focus on something more positive. That is excellent, excellent advice for sure. And I cannot believe we're almost to the end of our our. Recording already right now. It's like went so quick. So I'd love to have you back on for more. But for for the holidays right now, one of the things I see when I go places, whether it's at friends' houses or families, and somebody if somebody doesn't drink or they do drink, it's like people make comments like, Oh, how many have you had? or that or the reverse, like, Oh, you're not drinking again, or why aren't you drinking? One's not gonna hurt, those kind of things. What stuff should people stop saying? I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious. Like, it's none of your business what what anybody's doing or why. But like, what are some of the things that people should stop saying in regards to alcohol and stuff at parties and things during this time of year? I, I think the the best way for me to summarize that is to stop glamorizing the drinking. Right, all of that really goes to glamorizing the drinking and making the drinking something that it's not. And so, so why, why glamorize it, right? So how many have you had and I can outdo you and, oh man, let me tell you about what I did last night and I got so drunk and that's just glamorizing something that is really, doesn't need to be glamorized. Anything, anything along those lines. I see also when people are trying to not do something, whether it's they don't want it, they're not eating sweets or they're not drinking or whatever, there's always somebody or more than one somebody that's like, oh, you can have, you know, it's, it's Christmas or it's Hanukkah or it's whatever. You can have a drink. It's, you know, you can have a toast or you can have a cookie or you can restart tomorrow. How, how harmful is that to people when you're saying those things? Well, it's, it's, you have to expect that. Again, that's an expectation you have to, you have to understand is going to happen because people are trying to justify their own actions in a lot of cases. Um, and that's where no becomes a complete sentence. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> now, is this, and, 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 and so this is not, 
easy stuff. I'm talking about it like it's really simple and easy. But there's been many occasions where where I've had to step out and maybe go out in the backyard or front yard and make a phone call to one of my buddies and say, you wouldn't believe what's going on here right now. And vent and blow it off on the phone in this conversation. And so and so I've got a team of, of guys that um, that we do this with each other. It's like, okay, I'm going to this party. <laughs> Keep your phone in. And, and so I'll make that phone call to somebody on my support team. And and so it's not it, it's not that we want somebody to stop saying that. The focus has to be on how am I going to address that? How am I going to deal with that when that happens? I can't go into a party thinking that everybody's going to be on their best behavior. That's just, that doesn't make any sense. So I go in knowing that those conversations are going to happen. I have a choice. I can walk out of the room. I, I, I go into a party knowing that somebody's going to try to get me to do something I don't want to do. I, I, I'm comfortable with saying no. I'm comfortable with it. And, and so, and so that's part of the plan of going into the event. That's part of the plan of knowing this will, this will be there. What are your choices? Awesome. Wonderful. Mike, you just said, make it sound so easy. And there's a organization you shared with me about, do you want to mention the name? And I know you said for them to search the local near me, so I won't put the links in, but what's the name of that organization? Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm very active in a Christian recovery group that's um, called Celebrate Recovery. And I'm very active in that group, have been for 13, 14 years. I've, I've been practicing the 12 steps for 22 years now. Congratulations. Um, and, and, so, um, and so it's one of those things that, yeah, very active in it. It gets me to the place where I'm serving also and I'm, and I'm sharing and, and giving back and um, and so celebrate recoveries are at churches all over the world. And, um, and so, yeah, if you're looking to get some help and find a, find a new way to, to do things, a new way to live, celebrate recovery near me is um, worth, worth checking out. Thank you so much for your time today. And I really would like to have more conversations about this because, you know, being entrepreneurs and leaders and business owners. It's it's not just about the KPIs and the numbers, although we do talk about them and sales things and leadership things. It's we have to we have to we have to deal with the person, right? That that is trying to lead and all of that. So I, I think these conversations are important. And I am so thankful that you agreed to share your story with me and with us today. And so thanks for having me, Kim. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right, everybody, that is it for this week's episode. I will be back next week. And in the meantime, stay safe, make good choices, and stay inspired. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 